Welcome to Born to Vista Socialist Club. Oh, that just came right out of the back of my brain. Uh-huh. Huh. That, huh. That's... That was, that was really unexpected to me. It's a bonus episode and apparently a throwback as well. Mm. I feel like the emphasis was weird on how you said it as well. It was like very, you were, very weird. Like you were shocked halfway through saying it. I was. I was like, uh, as soon as the words were coming out of me, I was, I was frankly surprised. Are you okay? Are you okay? You got <clears throat> not smelling toast. I, I, like the rest of us, are lost in time. Uh, we have all lost track of time, especially us, quarantined aboard the SS Diarrhea, <laughs> the grossest cruise ship on the ocean. Uh, I'm pretty shocked that half the people on here have coronavirus because I came here for the gastro. I did not sign up for the corona. Mm. You know? You were like, I'm happy with gastro, Novavirus. Uh, what's the other one that you get on cruise ships? Du- super gastro? Is that oh, super gastro, yeah. Mm. So gastro, double gastro. Double gastro. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, gastro but coronavirus, uh, no thank you. Show me, show me on the form where I ticked all of those boxes for all the things I was happy to catch. Show me the one that said coronavirus. I so consented to getting two and a half weeks of diarrhea. <laughs> I did not consent to have a severe, uh, highly transmissible respiratory illness. So you guys are going the continental breakfast of uh, cruise ship viruses. Hmm. Just the, oh, just oh, you the think muffin, you're better than toast, us? Maybe. Well, I've I really just go on the the hot breakfast option. Where you're I'm ordering getting, a la carte. I'm getting one of everything. <laughs> I'm I'm down at the buffet. Is is where I'm. And at. I'm getting my money's worth. Yeah, yeah. Now because this will be on the free feed, as all of our lockdown content is. I am Andrew and I am sitting on the one toilet in our shared room which also only has two single beds. Um, and over on the other side of the bathroom puking violently into the sink is Ben. Hello, Ben. Hey. Um, <laughs> it's lovely to have a 30 second break where I'm not vomiting up uh, a bunch of slightly off seafood uh, <laughs> into this tiny... I'd call it almost a sinkette. <laughs> and the hole is smaller than normal, the sinkhole. It's a joke hole just for farts. <laughs> <laughs> and because there is only one toilet uh, with his pants down, sitting on my lap, <laughs> like some kind of perverted ventriloquist dummy and shitting between my legs, is Theo. Uh, hey, how are you going? Now, through, I'm good. Th- through, the <laughs> through the wonders of parallel construction, Ben and I have already used this bit. Uh, I know. Uh, it's a throwback. The, it's, a, it's, it's another a throwback. throwback. We are lost in time. We are, of course, referring to the Kookaburra Queen, the boat in Queensland, <laughs> in Brisbane, where <laughs> it crashed into something and a guy... <laughs> <laughs> fell through the floor and landed on someone else in the toilet. And I, I cannot stress enough that this was very much the boat on which my partner's parents got married. <laughs> and of course, the other the other detail of this story was that the the ferry crashed into a UFO, um, an unidentified floating object. Never, never identified. They couldn't actually say in this story. This news story about a ferry crashing into something, which I believe smashed a hole in the hull mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. also dislodged enough stuff for someone to fall through the floor yes. that they were standing on 
and land on somebody else's lap on the toilet and they couldn't actually say what they ran into. Well, I guess we'll never find out. Some type of large aquatic Bigfoot. Mayhap some sort of uh, skunk ape. <laughs> Waterbound skunk ape. Some sort it takes of... a long time for their fur to dry. That's it a might be a uh, creature from the Black Lagoon from the Brisbane River. <laughs> creature from the Brisbane Lagoon. The Brown <laughs> Lagoon, yeah. <laughs> you guys ever... Uh, well, I mean, you're from Queensland, Theo. I imagine you've probably spent time in some towns that prominently have a lagoon. Oh, absolutely. Well, oh. When, you, when your town gets a lagoon, that's how you know it's made it. Like, Does Mackay have a lagoon? Mackay has a lagoon. Oh, so, boy. So they, they have a lagoon that was built probably... Uh, 2010, I want to say. I've never been there. I'll never go. <laughs> um, this was to. This was after they shut down the the uh, water slide, which was the number one thing to do in Mackay before that. Oh, but then there was a whole. It was a sad whole day when they shut district. down the Harvey Bay one. Uh, the Harvey Bay water slide, which was probably the single fastest transmission point for sexually transmitted diseases. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it was very sad when that went. Um, but the, yeah, there was there was an entire lagoon district north of Mackay, um, mm. Laguna Keys, I think it was called, and it ended up being like this huge scam, um, and they lost like two hundred and fifty million dollars, and then some developers built it, uh, bought it, but it's still a big hole in the ground now. So look forward to Laguna Keys relaunching in twenty twenty five. Wait, hang on, let's can I backtrack a little bit here? This is not the Laguna Keys in Repulse Bay, is it? Uh, I don't know. Sorry, let me just... I'm going to zoom out on the Google Maps here because there is definitely a very large chance that I spent two months in that place. Uh, Has it got like a whole bunch of um, pools that look like they could be like half pipes? uh, (laughs) God, if this is the place that I'm thinking of... Sorry, I'm so sorry about this, but this was actually a very formative part of my childhood, Laguna Keys, because... It is where I had my first kiss. Oh. Well, isn't that sweet? That is so sweet. Uh, We were staying there because when we were living on the boat, my dad would occasionally fly back to Sydney for work for months at a time. Uh, Yeah, that's the same Laguna Keys. Uh, It's where I was a, I believe I was 13. There was another girl who was also living on a boat. (laughs) Uh, it just made sense it just made sense uh yeah we uh we were watching the movie independence day and you know the magic the magic happened of course the movie independence day does make us all think about what if this were my last day on earth and what if um what if the white house was exploding along with all of the other major landmarks around me like the nearest water slide uh-huh. Um, what and, if Dennis you know, Quaid could fly a plane, but barely? <laughs> what if uh, you found out throughout the course of Independence Day that his assertions that he had been taken captive by aliens were 100% true, and then even after every character in the movie discovered this, they still treated him like he was crazy? I just want to point out that you're both talking about Randy Quaid. Oh, sorry, you're right. We got the wrong Quaid. Uh, Apologies to friend of the show, Dennis Quaid. <laughs> Check now, out Randy Quaid's Twitter account sometime. Yeah, or don't. Yeah, or, or don't. don't. <laughs> or do. 
He has he has gone to some sort of uh, DJ supply store, bought <laughs> a light that rapidly changes color, and now he he holds that light up to his face, puts his camera on front facing mode on his phone. And then he says that Hillary is going to prison while that light flashes on his face uh, with his great big bushy beard. It is terrifying. Good use of those Independence Day royalties. Now, for for regular old dipshits like me, I don't know a bay from a fjord. I don't know my <laughs> estuaries from my shoals. Oh. So I, I actually I want to I feel angry up- hearing those words, even though I know this is just you doing a transition. Well, I, I wanted to, to know what is the actual definition for a lagoon. Uh, so, according to the magic of the internet, a lagoon is a shallow body of water separated from a larger body of water by barrier islands or reefs, commonly divided into coastal lagoons and atoll lagoons. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in the course of seeing this, I have seen a news story about a goth lagoon. Uh, <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. So, so in England, there is a uh, there is a blue lagoon in Derbyshire, 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 Derbyshire. <coughs> and yeah. there is so there's a local um blue a, a very vivid blue lagoon that people visit to have uh you know take their Instagram photos. You know how people love to go and fuck up a nice uh, natural wonder by going and uh, taking photos with it. You guys ever see the the? <laughs> you guys ever see the news story about um, like uh, farmers complaining about people coming and destroying their sunflower fields? Oh yeah, for sure. Mm. Actually, yeah, some people... of that happened out near Mum's place uh, on the way out go. to Stanthorpe. There you go. Uh, so apparently, due to the coronavirus lockdown, the police there in England wanted to discourage people from coming out to take their Instagram photos with this lagoon, and so they dumped a fuckload of black dye into it and dyed it black. God, that rules. <laughs> it does rule. Now nobody can enjoy it. That's right. Well, goths can enjoy it. True. Lucy would love that place. She would. She'd go out there, um, do a TikTok... Put a little clip of My Chemical Romance on it. Mm-hmm. Sorted. Sorted. Now, to a goth, that might be the coolest thing in the world. But it's not the coolest thing in the world to everybody. The people on this podcast, for example, we have wildly divergent tastes. That's true. None of us are the same. Yep. Except guys, for me and Theo. Like, yeah, let's... we're the same, but everyone else. <laughs> we're the same, but everyone else is very different. Yeah. Quite very different. different. So, let's try a little experiment here. Um, on three, let's say what we all think is the coolest thing in the entire world. Okay? Uh, this is going to be like one of those jokes where everyone just says something crazy different, right? And that's the, that's the punchline, right? Maybe. Well, I know what I'm going to say, but... I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys are the same, so who knows? Uh, one, two, three. Football, Football Island. Island. Well. Huh. 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 Wait, so, okay, I know what I mean by that, but, like, what do you guys mean by that? Well, imagine, if you will, you've got an island. Okay, I'm with you so far. But for the express purpose of football. Right, and we're talking, uh, like, footy, like... Footy, obviously like you'd see on, on TV. Yeah, like you'd see on Channel 9, on, you know... On, on the wide world of sports. Yeah, Saturday nights, Sunday nights, dun, Sunday dun, dun, Arvos, dun, 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 Friday dun, dun, nights, dun, dun, Thursday nights. Dun, 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 
Yeah, but like league, right? Like that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, I mean, what, that's what I was thinking. No, that's what I was thinking as well. It's kind of like if you put all of my favorite footy players, and even the ones that I hate, because they've got to play against someone. Uh, you put them all on the same island and then uh, they all hung out and they all played footy together on the same island. It's like Jurassic Park, but instead of dinosaurs, it's uh, league <laughs> players. I'm a, Yeah, I'm definitely thinking of like an escape from Absalom type situation. <laughs> uh-huh. I got to say, I, I, read the, uh, I read the book Escape from Absalom a little while ago and it, it had the, um, the cover had like the the movie poster on it you know uh so it's like it's a classic sci-fi novel and it was adapted into a movie in like the 90s 2000s uh starring ray liotta oh and god the, you gotta love but, him but the book itself extremely british it's like day of the triffids style british i love that um, the book of day of the triffids is a guy trying to get drunk He's just wandering around, <laughs> helping himself to every bar he finds, while being like, oh, and all this Triffid stuff is happening as well. <laughs> really interfering with my with my latest martini. Just screaming, it's always five o'clock somewhere at a giant plant that is trying to blind you. But it is, uh, but it is an extremely British book. There's uh, blind people wandering around and this guy saying... Um, Jolly good <laughs> about getting another drink at the bar. You know? mm-hmm. um, so, escape from Absalom type situation, except that everybody who is stuck there, they're playing footy. You know? That's what I'm picturing. And that's, and I, obviously it's a bit of a pipe dream because there's no way that would ever come true, right? Or maybe. Wrong! Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is just like, uh, you know, the. We all look at the news, right? That's the only thing anyone does at the moment. Mm-hmm. And everything is fucking insane. You know, like this morning, I look at the news and I'm like, oh, the guy from Tiger King tested positive for coronavirus. Okay. <laughs> awesome. There's so much going on. And you kind of, you get to the point where you're like, you know, Boris Johnson gets coronavirus and you're like, okay. you're, you're so exhausted by the news at this point that you're like, nothing can surprise you. Nothing, there's no novelty to anything, yeah. you know, you're it's, just like, uh, it's like when you go to detention, you have to write it out, and you like you've been looking at the word must so many times that it loses all meaning, so you're just losing all semantic meaning, like semantic overload, except it's uh, looking at the words football island and just <laughs> nodding serenely. <laughs> I think today, well, just me like this morning, seeing people referring to some sort of NRL island. <laughs> but not knowing what those words meant. And I was like, what a fun idea. And then I read a story from The Guardian that was exactly what the fun idea I had in my head was. Uh, let me let me read to you both from this article in The Guardian here. It may sound like a desperate pitch for a bad reality TV show, but mm-hmm. the NRL season may yet be saved after an audacious plan was outlined to house all 16 teams at a luxury island resort near Brisbane with a view to playing the entire competition in Queensland. How how quickly do you think every single player would have a confirmed case of coronavirus? Oh, oh it would be incredible. Straight away. They'd be like, the assistant coach for the Newcastle Knights brings coronavirus over. 
and everyone God. is fucked. It would be, end up like uh, when they have those sort of like anthrax or um, uh, mad cow disease outbreaks on an island, and someone has to, they have to send in a team of exterminators in full body suit, flamethrowers, uh, murder everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's then, like. <laughs> Every single player for the league, including like reserve players or whatever, standing full nude in the middle of the airstrip on Tangaluma, just like while everything else is being burned to the ground. Imagine how much hard work it would be to stack up the bodies of an NRL team. Oh, God. Those guys are huge. I was about to like... my All of my touch points for league players I haven't really watched the last couple of years they're all outdated now I'm like oh imagine having to pick up Dave Taylor I don't think he plays anymore I think he's gone Uh, but I still don't want to pick him up oh that Bobby Swindler (laughs) he was a a mover and a shaker oh that Wally Lewis what a temper couldn't carry him Uh, so um, I think I think just coming back to what you were saying about the news the to me the distinction here the reason that this is worth putting in the paper, besides the obvious football island... I can't headline. see a reason why he wouldn't put this in the paper, but go on. Well, like, like you guys were saying, I, I sort of felt like I saw a news story this morning that was like, Wimbledon will not be going ahead. And I was like, of course it won't. Hmm. Unless they play it on the moon. Yeah, don't show that to me. You don't now need, we're talking. You don't need to... You do not need, imagine how far the ball would go. How far? How big would the court have to be with that reduced gravity? I'm thinking you know? one moon. I think it would have to be six times as big. Hmm. Oh, okay. Because the so, moon is a sixth of our gravity. So I'm I'm definitely finding myself seeing. Wait, things that sounds like, wrong. I'm going to check that. You keep talking. Okay. Like we have announced that we will not be holding the Wimbledon tournament. I'm like, you don't need to announce that. Everything is simultaneously not happening. Yeah, you don't need to tell me about that. Um, whereas, like in uh, the UFC, big uh, big Donald Trump fan Dana White is just insisting that they're going to go ahead and put several <laughs> events on, and they're going to do it. You know, well, they'll put on pay per views, and they're going to do it with closed doors. Um, there is an upcoming pay per view with two fighters this is the fifth time this fight has been scheduled each time the fight has resulted in one of the fighters having to withdraw due to like a botched weight cut or an injury or something like that um and so you know it commonly held opinion in the mma community is that a fight between these two people will never happen it has been cursed by the mma gods and also the coronavirus happened specifically because they tried to book this fight for a fifth time um, but they're insisting that it's going to go ahead. And that's the only thing of interest in, like, the world of that particular sport is the insistence that a thing is going to happen. You don't have to tell me that something's not going to happen at this <laughs> point. I'm just assuming that nothing's going to happen for, like, a year. Which is why the football island is so tantalizing. The idea that, what if it did happen? What if it did happen, though? What if we did, uh, what if we did take... What if we did take them all to a complex on Morrison Island at the Tangaluma Island Resort, which could fit up to 1,500 guests, more than enough for the estimated 500 or so players and staff? Well, you got 1,000 spectators now. I love that uh, 
Oh, so it is David James, the manager of the Tangaluma Island Resort, who has suggested this to League Life on Fox Sports. Uh He's just like, um, what if you came and stayed at my place? I've got the room for some reason. For some reason, there is nobody booked. There's no way we can explain (laughs) how or why that would be the case. Oh, my God. This whole thing is, has just been hatched by one guy, and I love it so much. But, like, from the sound of the article, people are on board with it. I think that is the craziest part of it. Yeah, but, but check out these. All right, so the, the following two paragraphs, right? This is really beautiful to me because so far we've had the, uh, the manager of the resort that has no one staying in it due to the global pandemic uh, saying that they have more than enough room for the entire league, basically. The sprawling grounds, including a grassy airstrip, would be adapted to accommodate training sessions under the pro- proposal, while players would be ferried to the mainland on private boats and then on buses to and from locked-down stadiums on match days. Oh. The ambitious plan, which would be subject to strict safety measures in light of the latest government advice on reducing the spread of the coronavirus, has been mm-hmm. handed to the NRL, according to James, and the ball is, quote, now in their court. <laughs> Absolutely, Alpha Booth. This guy wrote, wrote this on a fucking napkin and like handed it somebody. Well, what are you going to do with that? Oh. I'm just it's imagining so like the uh, police style escort. You know, like in Batman down the but down the Brisbane Riverside Express, all three lanes of it. Yep. Just yep. Uh, taking them to Suncorp Stadium. Enough to bring a tear to your eye. Uh, the big truck pulls up alongside them. <laughs> sliding door opens in the side. And it's a 20-year-old coughing without covering their mouth. <laughs> oh, oh, I really like it. So this is, this is a quote from the end here. Uh, There's an opportunity worldwide for getting the great game of rugby league out there in the American markets and advertising Queensland and Australia and saying, look... We're a country that thinks differently. Oh, yep. that's true. We shipped an entire professional code of sport into one tropical island. We, Pretty different. We can, we can infect an entire league of sport faster than anybody on this planet. <laughs> but, there's, but there's no way, even mocking it, there's no way you could say this without it also sounding fucking cool as hell. Oh, look. Uh, was that We've got a fleet of high-speed ferries and catamarans. <laughs> Yeah, that's a weird brag that he threw in there. <laughs> They're very fast. <laughs> oh, our speedy so catamarans will good. whisk you away to the safety of Football Island. Actually, one of the things that gets me here is... So, I'm trying to find the quote where they talk about the compulsory testing before people are allowed on the island. Yeah, so uh, the greatest thing is we can isolate the place. We can lock it down. Um so we're off the coast of Brisbane. We can we want to go through a process with the NRL and Queensland government and the New South Wales government, for that matter, where we're whereby we're testing players before they come into an island, an isolated, clean, <laughs> COVID-free environment. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful dream. I hope this strange man gets his weird dream. Just can you imagine if this is the only professional football code left in the world? <laughs> like if they pull this off, there's no American football, there's no soccer, there's no AFL, there's no Celtic football, 
There's no Super League. There's no fucking weird European rugby. There is just Rugby League. That is my actual dream. They should let people do the... You, you guys ever watch like the, the M1 night fights? No. I believe like, you have told me to. Yeah, yeah. Like like, like in the... Like... um. Eastern European countries where dudes put on like full suits of armor and blast each other with swords. Um, no skin to skin contact in that one. True. It's the safest sport there is. No fluids, you know? That's fine. Get them get in there. Let them go. Maybe fencing. They got the masks on, you know? Just put a bit of glad wrap over the, <laughs> over the front. Yep, just perfectly go, seal up know? the entire front of your mask with glad wrap. Yes, whole head to be safe. <laughs> How long do you even need to breathe for, really? Well, you just poke a few holes in for the air. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you should leave us in charge of professional oh. sports. Well, as as this guy says, I think it's a terrific advertisement for Australian ingenuity uh, that we just ignored everything every other sensible sporting organization on the planet was doing and said no no football island two words pal football island god can you imagine football island i hope it <laughs> i honestly i i want this to be real so fucking bad oh the dream i won't miss I, um, a single game if they well, pull this off there's definitely been talk about like um I, th- I think a lot of a lot of different organizations entertain the idea initially of doing things to like empty stadiums and that sort of stuff. Um, like they're saying they want to do here, like a, a locked down stadium and then you're going to televise this thing with no crowds. Um, they have already done that for one UFC event in Brazil and that was very weird. Um, I watched a little bit of it where they were doing, they had like Bruce Buffer like announcing people and their names and everything. And then they'd come out and go, thank you to like this completely empty arena. It doesn't do it like considering that it's supposed to have the desired effect of the show will go on and everything is still normal. It does not make you feel like that. No, it feels more sad. Have you watched any of the like WWE wrestling promos to no audience? Yeah, Where they're like just mm-hmm. in the ring, just be like, "What do you guys think if I do this?" And then it's nothing. They cut, they cut to the chairs, <laughs> which like they're, they're they're leading into it, which is funny, but it's still like it's grim. Yeah, at least at least like they can have a sense of humor about it. Um, whereas, yeah, these other organizations are like, "We're gonna keep going with it," and it's like, who the fuck wants to watch like? Yeah, imagine watching a game of league with no no crowd, just dead silence. It's extremely weird. I can't imagine that kind of making anybody feel any better about anything, you know? Yeah, it'd be like watching a Gold Coast Titans game all the time. <sighs> Speaking of things that aren't really making anybody feel any better, um, got a little update here from Domain about what our beautiful landlords are doing. Landlords. You know, the most- Beloved class in Australia. You gotta uh, love them. Yes, you have to love them. You know what's a fun thing you can do right now? Uh, is just Google the words, why do people hate landlords? And then <laughs> scroll through the various platforms on which landlords have posted this question. It is, uh, 
Nothing wild. I have no idea. None whatsoever. It's very strange. Oh, I saw a, I saw a thing before, which was like it was an American site. Um, I do not know of any equivalent in Australia, but it was an American a site um, listing properties and saying who owns them and whether or not they're paid off. So that if you're renting, you can look and see if your landlord is actually like paying off a mortgage in the place that you live. Hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I saw like somebody posting that thing and saying, oh, you know, my landlord has said that they can't reduce my rent and I've looked and they got this property in an inheritance and they don't pay anything for it. Cool. Very we'll cool. Get, we'll get more into this, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. So, from Domain here, it says, Tenants in Victoria have received what they have described as intrusive and aggressive e-mails. I believe the E stands for electronic. From property managers when asking for rent decreases due to COVID-19 hardship or even before they broach the subject at all. That's a good sign. Some hardship application forms ask tenants to list their expenditure on groceries, entertainment, and utilities. And whether the resident has drawn down on their superannuation and if they have any Fuck accrued you. leave at their place of work. Fuck you. We we forgot to mention this um, the other night when we were talking about this. Uh, so just one minute of context for um, our non-Australian listeners. Uh, superannuation is like 401k kind of thing. Uh, it's a bunch of uh, thing that you, you have to put in mandatorily like 9%. Um, is that right? 9%? Is that... I think so. Half. Yeah. Um, that you can't touch. Um, and because it all goes into stocks, uh, now everyone's superannuation is worth approximately $4. And our government's response is uh, you can now touch your superannuation to pay for your grocery bills. So uh, it's worth nothing. And if you use it now, uh, then you have no more thing. So cool. And it sounds like that's what they want you to do here too. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, just fuck yourself over so that uh, real estate people, speculators never uh, experience any risk whatsoever because that's something they're completely unprepared to deal with. Uh, so it's good. Super duper good and we all love it. Well, yeah, like Theo was saying, um, yeah, basically superannuation here is probably kind of bad. Because uh, we used to just have a pension. You used to just have a pension that everybody could access after a certain age. And over time, that has been, like everything else, um, eroded by various governments and stripped right back to a point where it's um, basically poverty level. Um, with the point being, oh, well, if you don't want to live on poverty level, you should save up all your own money for your retirement. Um, you should keep paying income tax for your entire life. To the government. Uh, and once you are no longer of working age, you should also pay for yourself to live. Um, so that's all very cool. And then also, as Theo said, a lot of that has gone into stocks. So depending on the super fund that you're with and how they're investing that money, um, not only are they 1000% fucking you on thousands of dollars of fees, um, but in some cases, they're investing your shit in high risk stocks. And when something like this coronavirus business happens, uh, people are having like a quarter of their retirement funds wiped out. And they go, so, we're sorry. Oh. Sorry. Sorry. All your money sorry. was gone. Oh, sorry. sorry. You needed this to live. Sorry. 
Sad horn they give you. <clears throat> Collingwood tenant Joshua Badge, uh, shout out to Joshua, friend of the show, follows me on Twitter. Received one such application, which Domain has seen, from his property manager at Melbourne Real Estate. He felt the landlord and agency would use the information to make a value judgment about whether or not he deserved a rent increase. And he was right to think that. They wanted to know the number of accrued leave hours, which strikes me as out of order, and which says to me they expect you to use that to pay rent, Mr. Badge said. I'm a casual, so I don't have any, and even if I did, am I meant to live off leave? And even if they did expect me to rob Peter to pay Paul by raiding my retirement fund, it seems very unethical in the time of the pandemic, even if it wasn't already. This places the power in their hands at the expense of renters who have very few rights. Uh, he and his partner had both lost income due to the coronavirus pandemic and were waiting to f- see if they were eligible for the newly boosted job seeker welfare payment. Mr. Badge felt the questions about how much he spent on entertainment and groceries were also too intrusive. Yeah, it's uh, absolutely fucked up because you know what they're going to say. You're going to say, hey, I have these various services or subscriptions or whatever that I'm signed up to because that is how everything works now. That's a, if you ever want to listen to music, you have fucking Spotify or whatever. And their reply to you is, is they're going to say, oh, yeah, but you could live without um, music or watching anything on TV or fucking... But Andrew, what price would you put on that? So you got Spotify, you got Netflix. You might even have Amazon Prime. There's, I don't. I so don't. Three, three of them there. And I would say that those three would add up to... $45 a month, is that about right? Probably even less than that. I'd call it maybe like $30, $38 maybe. Let's, let's say $38 for the price of prices right. Um, do you th- what, do you, what do you reckon um, their guess is? So, uh, so what's that eight? weekly? Sorry, th- so 38 so That's, that's about, about four and a bit. About, mm, yeah. Nine dollars. Let's call it nine. Let's call it nine sure. bucks, right? And so, uh, by my maths, nine bucks a week is about nine bucks a week. Yep. Huh. And uh, what's? Well, that should cover it. Yeah. Uh, the idea which is which could, I would say is less than rent, right? Substantially, unless you you've got a really good deal. Yeah. Okay. So it'd probably get you. Not your foot in the door with rent, but maybe just your little pinky toe. Very very tip of your hog. You'd get <laughs> the tip of Theo's penis inside mm-hmm. the door. Yep. Yep. Just the tip. Just just the tip. Now, if you that's what we think on this side of the fence, but say you were Melbourne real estate business development manager Stephen Fitzsimon, uh who is I believe that's the company Josh Badge is renting through. Yep. Um, what does he reckon is probably a reasonable amount for a millennial to have as their entertainment budget there, Theo? Oh, well, Andrew, Andrew, why don't you take it away? You. I have drawn a breath. It's true. <laughs> uh, Melbourne Real Estate Business Development Manager Stephen the Cunt. Fitzsimmons said that this could be the case. Um, he says, as an example, if you have an income of one thousand dollars, sure, it's not not out of the ordinary. It's and are pr- asking pretty, pretty for, high, but, but go on. And you're asking for one hundred dollars a week off rent. 
Right. And you're paying $600 a week on entertainment. Hmm. Why no. not pay $500 on entertainment and not have 100 bucks off your rent, he said. What does... Okay, Ben, I'll, I'm interested to, to hear your thoughts on this. Okay. $600 a week on entertainment. What are you doing with that? Now, I'm, I'm going to say a good $450 of that is new release Blu-rays. <laughs> yep. You've got to get your bonus features and you want your, your max resolution. Maybe you're even getting 4K Blu-rays. And that'll pump you up to 500 and then you've got... I'm, I'm only buying from the Criterion collection. Are they doing 4K of those Criterions? I haven't checked. Oh, they better be. Oh, I hope so. So then you got, you've got... You've spent your 500 on 4K Blu-rays. Uh, $9 on your streaming services. Yep. Uh, tw- my streams. $25 on replacement 3D glasses, because you keep bloody breaking the 3D glasses on your curved 3D 4K TV. Uh, and what does that leave us with? We still got another uh, sixty-six dollars there. Um, uh, you're buying four fifths of a triple A game, and then you're done. Hmm. I believe you're on record as previously having said that the coolest thing that someone can do is be sucked off on a jet ski. <laughs> that is hundred percent true. Yes. <laughs> I reckon you could get sucked off in, on a jet ski with change out of six hundred dollars. <laughs> I well, you got the jet ski. Well, oh, oh if you're not bringing your own jet ski to the table, uh, I think jet ski rental is less than you think, depending on where you live. Yeah, but it all adds up. It does every all add week. Up. That's so true. I reckon you could get sucked off on a jet ski twice if <laughs> you did it twice in the same jet ski rental period. Oh, okay, really getting getting the economy of scale there. <laughs> You're absolutely right, yes. But also... One jet ski, if one you, lady, If you're in a position where someone is already going to suck you off, maybe because you're in a loving relationship or similar, uh, you're really only looking at the bare bones cost of a jet ski rental and you could easily get any number of those in. Uh, I guess that depends on your own uh, refractory period. <laughs> Welcome to Buddha Vista. Uh, <laughs> I believe it's a political podcast. Yep. I'm not entirely sure. Doing politics. But so, twice. Twice is how many times you yeah, get sucked yeah, off on a it, jet ski for $600 a week. Yeah. If, you're, if you've got the outlay cost of the person to suck you off, you, you're probably looking about twice for 600 I think. Yeah, but you've got to consider like maintenance on that jet ski. No, this no, is no, a jet ski renting. rental. That's baked to okay. the cost of the rental price. That's right. Okay, yeah, that's the right. owner wears that. Yeah, but if you're doing it twice a week, you do need to start to ask yourself if you should be buying a jet ski. You might want to splash out the extra $15 for the reduced uh, insurance excess, just in case you flip it as you come. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I'll just hose it down myself at the end. That's fine. Actually, if you're getting your... uh, Fuck, what are they called? The personal recreational device license? The the one that lets you have a jet ski, uh, they do actually make you come during the test. Oh, the jet ski license. Yeah. They make you have one orgasm and then see if you flip it, uh, just to see whether you're ready. <laughs> now, I know what you guys are thinking. You're thinking, hey, this is uh, kind of you fucking have no unreasonable. Idea what I'm thinking. <laughs> 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 That's true. You got me. 
Um, so, so he, this guy says, why not simply, uh, why not simply pay um, all of your money to us instead of living? You mm. know, instead of your suck job on a jet ski, why not give us more cash? Well, I'll just live on the jet ski. <laughs> Instead of getting sucked on the jet ski, why not simply get fucked by your landlord? Um, he says, you can't dictate to someone that they can't have Netflix, but what they're trying to gauge from here is if this guy is skint. Actually, I, 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 don't, I, I can't see any possible scenario in which they are asking for specifically what you spend on entertainment in a month without the end result of that scenario being them saying to you, actually, you can no longer have Netflix. Because it's incredibly transparent that what they're trying to establish in this order is, is there anything that we could consider that, that like we as real estate agents or landlords or whatever could consider, uh, I, I guess, you know, expendable income or recreational spending or anything like that Anything that we would say, oh well, that right there—that's money that um, you won't die if you're if you're not spending. So you can cut that right out, right to start with. Um, then they're asking about your superannuation, and there's also transparently because the government has said people will be able to access their superannuation early as part of an emergency. So that's very clearly the second thing they're going to ask you is like uh, I saw a copy of the form, and it says. Have you attempted to access your superannuation yet as the government has made available? And because you know that if you say no, then the next thing will be like, cool, well, go ahead and do that. Which is which is crazy fucked up, right? Like, I mean, I think we're all kind of inoculated to the um, whole landlord situation at this point. But then the concept that there would be an entire, like, wealth transfer from class to class of retirements that you're yeah. just like oh no well here's my retirement as well right you just get that now because uh you have property and i don't well, during the time of a, of a global pandemic is crazy and also in in all these cases like your leave and your superannuation and everything like if we're talking about people who are like 25 how much fucking money is going to be in that you're going to be able to pull out like maybe $10,000 or something. Like, I, I've no idea what... If somebody was like a casual and and in their early to mid-20s, I cannot even begin to imagine how much money they could actually get out of their super in order to pay their rent with. Oh, which man, means I've got like barely anything in my super and I'm somewhere between the, my mid-20s and my mid-30s. Um... Yeah, like, so So if you also had leave banked up, for the vast majority of employees in permanent full-time roles, if you have more than, like, six weeks of leave backed up, your workplace is making you take it. Um, a lot of workplaces do not like it at all when people... Because, you know, people, people deliberately try to bank up tons of leave so that when they leave a job, they can say, there you go, I didn't take any holidays while I was there, pay me several months of leave at once. And they don't like doing that. So it will force you to, to take leave um, so that the balance... That, well, and also, in the case of some employers, they will make you do it because you're supposed to take fucking holidays at work. You're supposed to take breaks from your work. In the case... Like, I'm sure that they don't like paying things out as big lump sums, 
But in some cases, in a workplace that does actually give the slightest fuck about your, maybe your well-being, but also your ability to work sustainably across years, will say to you, actually, you're meant to take a break every now and then. Take some fucking leave. So, if you're talking about most people having like maybe, you know, like ten or fifteen thousand dollars of super that they could access, maybe, and having like, I don't know, most most people would not have like four weeks of leave sitting there that they haven't taken any of. No. So how long is any of this going to sustain you for? And also, like you said, that leave is a break from you using your labor to produce value for somebody else, right? Whereas the landlords, especially the ones that that they're they're talking about in these articles where people, you know, may own several properties or 10 properties or like there's a a billionaire in Brisbane that owns, um, I, I believe, like hundreds of properties that's been in the news recently. They're making money from completely passively. They don't need a holiday from what they're doing because they, it's it's a totally passive income, right? So like, this is another thing that that I've seen a lot. People are people are very slow to kind of come around to these to these things, right? Where you know we're saying, well, look, but if it wasn't landlords, you know, right right now you wouldn't even be in a house. And you're like, well, in a time of a global pandemic, if you stop paying rent, the walls don't disappear around you, the shelter doesn't cease to exist it's all still there right so at the very least why don't you just just put a fucking hold on everything why don't you just stop it for a while while we work this shit out like the house isn't going anywhere because the landlord's not getting paid yeah but wouldn't it make more sense if um they milked every last bit of money out of people's (sighs) retirement funds and all of their leave from work and left them like with absolutely no safety at all so they could get a few more weeks of rent before the government eventually steps in and helps people out. So so coming back to Mr. Fitzsimmon here um, from Melbourne Real Estate, he says, you can't dictate to someone that they can't have Netflix, but what they're trying to gauge from here is if this guy's skin. And like I said, I cannot see any scenario in which this isn't entirely the point of the exercise. Yeah. Oh, it's for like a landlord eating, to huh? be able to say, there is other money you could be spending to pay this rent. Mr. Fitzsimmons said he didn't think a tenant needed to provide all this information, but was collecting it preemptively because mm-hmm. landlords wanted to know in some cases, including information about leave and superannuation. Quote, I don't think people should be taking leave to pay their rent. In our business, no one's taking leave to cover lost hours. It's a joke. But if an owner asks it, dot, 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 he said. So, he doesn't think people should be doing it, and he thinks it's a joke, and no one at his workplace is doing it. But if an owner asks it, long pause, uh, the implication Mm. being... The implication. If if the landlord uh, says they want something, then we're just doing it. Um... He continued on, personally, I think asking for super details is ridiculous. Super's for your retirement, he said, presumably huh. before going on to email out another 6,000 of these forms. Uh-huh. Yeah, cool. So, what do your beliefs mean? Nothing. Oh, nothing. Yeah. going into work. Sick. He's already a property manager. Fuck that guy. Uh, Prime tenant Adam said that they had been preemptively threatened with legal action in an email from their real estate agency, McInnes Property Management, which said despite the moratorium on evictions, they would kick out tenants after the ban was lifted if they didn't pay rent. Can't. Um, Quote, 
So while you are safe from eviction for six months, and we sympathize with any tenant that finds themselves uh-huh. in difficulty uh-huh. during these periods, the email lied, uh, <laughs> we may be required to seek orders from the Victorian Civil and Administrative Tribunal so as to maintain the landlord's insurance policy. Oh, insurance. Please note that in the event that we do need to do this, the situation, the situation will remain as part of your tenancy record for the future. Fuck off, you knock prick. Nice double-layered threat there. Uh, it comes across as very aggressive with the vague threat of legal action. It seems like they're inviting you to expose yourself by applying, Adam said. Days after swaths of people lost their jobs and had some relief of the law declaring a ban on evictions, it seems like they're trying to get around that. Uh, very much. Very clearly saying, yeah, we can't evict you right now. But if you but don't go along will. with that, if you don't go along with that, it will be remembered and you will be punished accordingly as soon as we regain the ability to do that. Yeah, and we'll also make it so that you can't get a rental in the future. Yeah, we'll the we'll very fucking... base like level of uh, human rights. Um, he says, I fear for some other households who might have had some sense of relief and security with this delay in events and having that taken away from them. Adam was also sent a hardship application form which asked whether or not they intend to take money from their superannuation. McInnes Property Management did not respond to a phone call requesting comments. Hmm. <sighs> yeah, it's interesting to see the people who are clearly like, we got to get out ahead of this thing with being pieces of shit. I got uh, a uh, an email from my real estate uh, the 19th of March, which I think was about six months ago. Uh, and this was their, like, coronavirus advice. And they're like, don't let us come around to visit you if you have a fever, a sore throat, cough, fatigue, or difficulty breathing. Let us know if you're in quarantine, blah, 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 blah. Uh, if you are planning to be present at the time of routine inspection, blah, 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 we ask you to keep 1.5 metres between yourself and our representative or tradesperson. Very cool. And then at the bottom, there's a little section that says rent payments. We understand that these are difficult times, but your obligation to pay rent under your tenancy remains unchanged. Cool. Thanks. It doesn't sound like you understand. No. It doesn't you sound ne- like you understand at all. They're just sending you a big old poster with the little kitten hanging off the branch saying, hang in there, and then stapled to it as an envelope saying, uh, please fill with money. Underneath, hang in there, they've written, or else, <laughs> in Sharpie. I think you need to um, you need to just send them a thing that says, I am extremely sick and will be for the foreseeable future. I have touched all of my money. I keep breathing on my notes. I can't figure out how else to pay. So, uh, fuck those guys. Making things harder for people than it needs to be, you know? So, uh, speaking of people doing it tough and uh, things being kind of shit all over, we did ask people to call in to the old hotline. And uh, What was that? The hotline. The hotline. Kurt Lang. Uh-huh. Yeah. Let us know how it's going, you know? Uh, so some various friends of the show have called in with some thoughts and feelings about this. Should we listen to some voicemails, fellas? Yeah, why not? Oh. Yeah, here we go. Hey, guys. It's Alana. Um, 
Yeah. It comes in waves, you know? Like, you have, like, times you're like, oh, it's not too bad, it's fine, I can distract myself. And then there are other times where it just feels so awful, like, really bad about, I feel really bad about the world, you know? And it just doesn't help that I'm in my shit-ass, tiny studio apartment by myself and I started, you know, <laughs> such a good, like, diet and exercise and, and drinking uh, regime going on and then, you know, recently I've just ate a whole bunch of shit and I've just drank a lot and it made me feel so bad and it's just feels like constant, like, low-level depression and yesterday I was like, you know what, get back to that exercise and good food and made me feel a bit better but man I don't know how to do it <laughs> I do not know and I feel awful about the world and it sucks bye yeah damn if it yeah. ain't true yeah I mean I think that's something that people really one thing that people really really have to hold on to and and exert their their rights on where they can if you can in your job and you're working from home or you're doing doing whatever that that mental health is is health and you you owe it to yourself to to um, make sure that that you um, take what you need for your for yourself and um, I think people will will really find it tough um, I think the isolation will be tough I think the uncertainty will be will be really difficult and uh, so I, I think more than more than ever it's 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 important for people to support each other um, to be open and honest um, and but but also you know if you're if you're in a in a job that's essential or, or uh, what have you to take the time that you that you need to to uh, exercise and be and be healthy and, and look after yourself because I think it's very easy to kind of try and take it all on um, and um, feel like well if I'm um, if I'm doing stuff for myself, if I'm watching, you know, Netflix or, or, you know, doing whatever I need to do to kind of stay sane that I should feel guilty about it or something like that. And I don't think that people, I think people need to do what, what they need to do to, to get by. So I think, um, Alana, thank you for, for sending the message. And, uh, um, I think, uh, yeah, just, just try and support each other and, uh, yeah. Are you? I'm not sure if if the we've um we've actually had a lot of support and kind of um, help from for one another on the Discord as well, which I've been really really happy to see. As you guys are probably quite aware, but I think you need to find those communities and, and find how you can um, support each other through this. So yeah, yeah, no joke. No, no joke here at all. Everything it's very tough, and I think that I I said this on the last episode when we talked about this, just acknowledging that it's okay to feel like shit, not letting yourself feel guilty about that, I think is very important. And, you know, not everyone's going to have the same coping mechanisms. Uh, not being able to exercise is not necessarily going to be the worst thing in the world for some people or whatever, but, you know, if that's your normal coping routine and you find yourself either not able to do it or just not wanting to do it because life is sapping your fucking joie de vivre or whatever at the moment uh it can be tough to manage that i george and i like just from fucking looking at our recycling we're like drinking so much more than we normally do i'm not doing the exercise i normally do you know uh, 
the the previous the parts of my job that involved doing stuff in bars I would be on my feet the whole time and I would actually get that like feeling of physical exhaustion at the end of a shift that I don't get anymore at all and it's definitely does some weird shit to your brain chemistry you know being used to being active and then just not being so I I think it's worth even if you feel not inclined to do it just to try and put some effort into keeping the a similar level of activity to what you were doing before I don't know it's tough the brain is a weird chemical soup and it's hard to know what's actually going to make you feel better and what's going to make you feel worse but what's going to give you brain diarrhea and what will you know reading the hey, news <coughs> the news should we chuck another one on here yeah why not speaking of essential jobs here we go good evening folks uh how am i i'm still at work uh endangering my health and everyone's around me uh for the noble cause of selling books uh books it's like the internet but you kill a tree to make it uh, for the sublime privilege of continuing to disseminate the works of Jordan B. Peterson in the face of a world-altering catastrophe, uh, I am currently remunerated less than the planned wage subsidy. Um, this kicks ass to me. It's uh, it's good actually. Um, uh, check out my MySpace. Uh, take care of it. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta say, I, um, I'm sure I've mentioned on the show that I am extremely lucky to work in the kind of job where a couple of weeks ago I I could just make the call and say, you know what, I'm just working from home from now on, um, and it seemed like you know some people around the business had already basically made the decision for themselves, like you know half a week before work made the call to say. You know, we're, we're going to start closing down our offices and everyone will work from home and that sort of stuff. I'm very lucky that I have a job I can do from home. Um, and I just keep thinking to myself about all the all the friends we have out there who, you know, I don't know what's worse. I don't know if it's worse like to work at a bar or a cafe or any of those places that have suddenly had to shut and your income's been, you know, cut off suddenly or if it's worse to work at like JB Hi-Fi or Bunnings or something like that and have to go in every single day and make contact with hundreds of people who won't stop going into the fucking store. Like, and 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 yeah, like our, like our caller there was just saying, if you're just in a bookstore being like, what the fuck are you coming in here for? Just stop. <laughs> Just stop. And, you know, we're also starting to get all those reports through of, like, um, different workplaces where... Uh, different workplaces, like, I read a report of a McDonald's where they had a, an employee with a positive coronavirus test and they just didn't tell anybody else who was working there. So, oh. yeah. Um, and another one that I saw on Twitter recently, which was a lady who's... Uh, son was working in like a call center, I think, type environment. Um, and that, yeah, they had somebody there who had tested positive for coronavirus and, um, they didn't tell anybody and they let them all keep working there. And meanwhile, the managers had been working from, from home for weeks. 
Jesus Christ. Yeah, and this lady was just like, my son was sacrificed to this business, you know? They they obviously said, oh, the managers are important and they can work from home, but um, the rest of them, we just won't tell them about it. So, I can understand all of this making you feel pretty crazy at the moment, you know? So, um, yeah, like, like I said, I just, I just don't know. I don't know what's what's better or, or worse or whatever. Is it to... Is it to suddenly be out of work, but at least have the knowledge of like, at least I can stay home and stay out of it and look after myself. At least with some of the announcements around like new start and that JobKeeper allowance, even though obviously it's bad to split. It seems um, fucking insane, but yeah. Yep. Yep. Even though, uh, well, I mean, I think I think the obvious issues with it are. Number one, that they're routing that money through businesses instead of taking it to to employees, and number two, it's a more convenient way for a conservative government of dividing the unemployed workers into deserving and non-deserving of help. Because um, that way, anybody who's on New Start, who was already on New Start, you can say, "Oh, well, you were just a jobless pleb before that point." But if you lost your job directly as a result of coronavirus, then you deserve help. You yeah, know, you deserve to be looked after. We're looking so, after some lifters that are currently leaning instead of leaners. Yes. So you know, I mean, may- maybe your bookstore will close, and that would be good. <laughs> that would be good. Yeah. I don't That's think a... that the store should be open. Personally, yeah. I hope you stay safe, anonymous caller. It is definitely what I would think of as non-essential. I was going to say when when you were talking about like uh, you know you guys were talking about mental health and getting exercise and stuff like that. Um, I think for wife of the show, my wife Elna and I, we've both been um, just doing heaps of like gardening and landscaping and stuff around our house and fixing things and all that sort of stuff. So we've just been, I guess, channeling a lot of that in- energy into those sorts of things, and obviously like you know, digging up a garden bed or getting up and cleaning out the gutters or whatever, all those things are good exercise. But I understand that for a lot of people, if you're renting a place, you either can't do those things or you don't have a yard to do anything in. Or there's no point in spending your money on improving, you know, somebody else's property or anything like that. But if you do have the ability to do those things, then it's uh, it's definitely good. But that's that's how... That's how that stuff's sort of been, uh, I guess, um, manifesting for me at the moment. Uh, you know, Elder's definitely been baking, baking a lot of bread and all that sort of thing. Been doing the, doing the uh, anxiety baking or whatever. Um, we did have the the first instance last night of uh, one of my kids, my older daughter, who's six, um, just, just being like really anxious about it all. Just being upset and like not feeling good about everything, you know, because it's hard. It's hard to figure out, you know, it's it's not like you can say, well, well, we're just going to not talk to them about it because they can't see any friends. They can't see their grandparents. Um, You know, we're uh, we're already sort of trying to manage the kind of expectations of like, hey, that birthday party you've been excited about for... The, the preceding 11 months 
like this is the thing with kids this age they they're just like talking about their fucking what birthday party they're going to have next for <laughs> 51 weeks of the year um and they you know they get all their ideas and they want to plan what they want to do and all that sort of thing and and i think yeah my older daughter started to come to the realization of that that sort of stuff's not going to be happening um if this all sort of keeps going on but it's also difficult because they don't really have a concept of time, the same that we do. Uh, well, they, I mean, I barely have a concept. Yeah, of mine time, is going so. right out the window at the moment. I have no idea. Yeah. Oh, it's. I'm yeah, regressing. Like, yeah, and that's all. That's all hard enough, especially if you're like trying to do the right thing and like not leave your house, you know. So um. So yeah, you know, I'm, I think um, I. We've, we've been doing everything that we can, you know, to reassure our kids that they're going to be fine, we're going to be fine, and it's because we're really trying to do the right thing, which is to stay home and not go out if we don't need to and to do all of the social distancing and all that sort of stuff. But I also understand that that is a, a privilege that a lot of people don't have. It's a luxury that a lot of people don't have. So I, I think I've shared some feelings with our next caller here, uh, Nate calling in from Salt Lake City. Hi, this message is for Bunta Vista. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. This is Nate from Salt Lake City, uh, Utah in the USA. And I am calling in uh, to the podcast. First off, I'd like to say good day, Mike. And um, let you know that I'm in, in honor of, of your podcast. I am uh, cracking open an ice cold Foster's, Foster's, and um, just wanted to respond to a question about um, how I'm doing. And honestly, I see a lot of people say that they're really struggling. A lot of my friends are um, on the verge of of absolute madness, and uh, I'm doing fine. I'm doing. I'm actually thriving. Um, I really like being at home and I really like not working. So I just hang out with my dog and make some food and take naps and it's, it's the perfect life for me. It's, um, it's a, it's a total affront to God and to, um, you know, everybody who works for a living and, you know, contributes to society. And I am, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with it. And, you know, maybe, maybe some of you out there will understand how that feels, um, you know, to not have a conscience. Um, but I mean, if it, if it, if anyone resents my perfect lifestyle, just know that pretty soon I'm not going to be able to pay my bills. And that's, that's bad, but, um, you know, right now it's not bringing me down because I honestly have the brain of a monkey and I can't envision anything in the future. So it is what it is. Um, thanks for all you do. God bless. Um, throw another shrimp on the bobby, mate. And um, hi, Ben. Shout out to Ben. Um, in particular, Ben, you should uh, come back to the U.S., pal. Um, okay, God bless. Bye. I love that man. 
Just want bless, to put that on record. Bless uh, his soul. I have spent less than 24 hours with him in real life. I think I we we went for a couple of hikes and then we camped somewhere and then I had to depart the next morning and it was such a blissful, wonderful time. He's a physically handsome and spiritually beautiful man. God bless you, Nate. Uh, there you go. I There's a part of me that, like, I have a lot more free time at the moment than I ever do. And the part of me that's not losing my mind is like, this is kind of great. Like, I'm reading a lot of books. I'm... That's about it, really. I'm reading a lot of books. <laughs> And that feels kind of nice, but then it's very conflicted because the reason I have spare time is because I'm not doing the other work I would normally be doing, which is something else that brings me immense joy. Uh, it's weird. It's a weird feeling to just be like, ah, oh, you know what? It's nice to be able to sit down sometimes and be like, wait, no, I'm sitting down because I literally cannot do anything else. Yeah, I think like I I share a lot of the feelings uh, from that message of feeling like, you know, I'm I'm okay. I'm going okay. You know, everything's fine. And like part of that is in sort of fundamental things that some people might not have control over, you know? Like, um, I mean, you, you, you kind of do in a way, but you kind of don't. Where like I, I get along really well with my wife. She's, she's the only person I want to hang out with anyway, you know? Like I don't generally, I'm, I have, I have to like pretend, oh, it's stopping me from all the going out I was doing, you know, um, I wasn't doing shit anyway. I, my, my life is very centered around my home, my little family and everything. I live a very suburban life. Um, 90 something percent of the time, I'm going to say more than 95% of the time. The only reason I'm leaving the house is to commute to work and go and work in the office. And so now I don't have to do that. I get up and I have a shower and I eat some breakfast and drink some coffee and I just walk into another room and sit down and start doing my job. And it, it means that I get back like an hour and a half, two hours a day that I would normally be sitting in a car and like listening to a podcast or work, walking from a car park to work and paying money to leave my car there and paying money to fucking put petrol in the car and all that sort of stuff. And to me, that's really nice to not have to do any of that, you know? Um, I, I'm sort of secretly hoping that if, if I can keep my job through all of this and, lot, you know, me and all the people I've worked with all the people I work with have shown, hey, we can actually, we're all very productive from home and everything. Maybe I'll just be able to do this on on a most of my time basis, you know? But at the same time, it's also impossible to not be permanently extremely conscious of like just the, the crushing psychic weight of how much change this is rendering in the world right now. Well, not according to Nate. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what we call in the medical industry a blessed brain. Mm, yes. The dream. He's God. had a, he's had a case of monkey transplant, and and he's doing fine. I gotta, I gotta get that monkey brain. Oh. It's fucked up. It's very like, expensive keeping a normal 
brain that well i assume my brain does the normal amount of worrying i'm not yeah yeah you definitely it. yours Don't is the default healthy brain that everyone should yep. aspire to for sure yep but yeah just, i i just think that like i i yeah i really identify with that idea of on on some level i'm really enjoying aspects of this this thing that has suddenly been forced like all these all these employers have suddenly been forced to say Oh, actually, it turns out everyone can work from home full time. We had like, we hadn't checked, you know. We never really looked into it. We were going to. It's on you, the list. You know how that whole time you were asking about it, and we were saying no. You pay, um, you know, ten dollars a day in bus fares. You spend an hour on the bus one way, and spend an hour on the bus the other way. It turns out you could have just not done that. Well, and of course, so much of it, depending on your workplace, so much of it is about. So much of it is about policing your time and being able to say. I, I think it's it's that it's that old world, old world. Um, especially, like obviously, we're talking about offices. We're not talking about real jobs. Um, we're not talking about real jobs where you have to like be in a place to do a specific task, moving a physical object from one place to another, or fixing a real thing. We're talking about um, our fake jobs. Fake jobs where I type text into a box. Yeah, um, I I press some buttons on my keyboard and some stuff changes on the screen. I wave my little mouse around, mm-hmm. and then at the end, something comes out that doesn't have any impact on the real world. Stand up at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, stand up at the end of the day and go, "I am bushed." <laughs> yes, woo. <laughs> um, no, Ben. Uh, look, it's true. You've had jobs like this in the past. Oh God, yeah. I mean, everyone. And, and I assume that's why you don't anymore. Yeah, I mean, I, like, the last, oh, I don't know, all of them, every desk job I've ever had, uh, they're a net on balance, I'd be like, oh, I'm kind of making the world worse, actually, by doing what I'm doing. Like, it was either meaningless, uh, on average, it was meaningless, at best, it was a brief diversion, and at worst, (laughs) I was making the world a worse place. And now... Everything I do is frivolous. I'm either teaching people in a bar how to paint Warhammer figures, I am putting on trash movies for people also in a bar, or I'm doing a podcast, which is the most pretend thing in the world. And, like, Mm. at least none of these things have the pretension of being useful or meaningful. Like, I tell people what I do for a living, and they're like, that sounds fun. I'm like, yeah, it is. I just do fun stuff. It's not. I don't, tell tell me if I if I did this entire bit on the podcast recently, or if I was just telling a friend about it. Um, <laughs> about about like talking to this person I work with about um, you know there's some some very vague managerial thing, and and I said, look, you know, it's it's a really it's a really trifling complaint because on the whole, I really like working here, and I said, I know this seems like a really really low bar. But I feel like, you know, we're not doing any harm in the world. Mm. <laughs> and they and they laughed. And I was like, no, I'm serious. I was like I was like, you know, I, I used I worked for like an energy company for years. Um, when I got hired by them, they were sort of touting that they were um, you know, Australia's biggest renewable energy re- retailer. 
And across the course of the time that I worked there, um, Tony Abbott got elected and they dismantled the carbon pricing thing and the entire narrative in the country became around how much is your energy bill and nothing else matters. And like all of the, all of the promotional stuff in our company around renewable energy just slowly disappeared and everything was just about how you can save money um, and how much things cost and all that sort of stuff and... And so, you know, I was, I was working for a place that was doing like exploration and all that sort of stuff. And I've done like government contracts that were in, in parts of like human services. Um, so, you know, which is the same place that has Centrelink and all those other departments that fuck up people's lives on a daily basis. And like, I wasn't working on, um, I wasn't working on like robo debt or anything like that, but I still had that thing of like, yeah, on some level, I'm working to enable the enable the output of the place that does that to people every day. You know, um, just those sorts of things. Where even if it's even if it's indirect, you still have that feeling of like, oh, or like you know, working in like marketing and advertising and shit like that, where it's like my job is to try and make people buy things they don't really want. My job is to make banner ads, you know, or all those kinds of things. And the job that I have now, I'm like, you know what? We make products. People who want them come and buy them. They actually use them for stuff. Nobody's getting tricked into anything. Nobody's using anything they don't want to use. And my job is just to make those things better for people to use. And that's it. I'm like, that's good to me. I feel like I'm not active, <laughs> like, like I have no, you know, we've talked about like, um, remember when we, when we listened to that fucking workplace culture thing from that King Kong ad agency, mm, mm-hmm. the dig- I live and breathe digital marketing. Um, and we read the, we read the copy from the ad and everything. And we were all just like pulling out our own teeth, thinking about being that kind of person who's like. I live to get up in the morning and be a digital marketing warlord and like huffing your own fucking farts that badly. <laughs> Believe in your own hype like that. Genuinely, my one thing now with a workplace is just like, I don't harbor any illusions that like the thing I'm doing is actively making the world a better place. I just want a, I'm not actively harming anyone <laughs> kind of scenario going. <sighs> hey, should we listen to one or two more voicemails and then get out of here? Yeah, why not? Sure. Why the fuck not? Here we go. Uh, boys, I am uh, an essential worker because I work at a school and everyone in my chat is passive-aggressive and it sucks to read. But on the other hand, I'm the only person, literally the only person in the office so I can listen to whatever I want. And that's pretty cool, I guess. And what are you going to do? That is pretty good. What are you going to do? Hmm. It's a sil- silver lining. It's a silver lining. I used to work in a uh, design studio. This is many, many, many years ago. You remember when people used to listen to shit like Pandora? Mm. Yeah. Um, and, and, and there was like a, a speaker in the office and like, people would either play shit off like Radio Pandora or whatever or people would pick stuff to put on and like 
I just, oh. I remember those workplaces of not being in control of what I was listening to. Yeah, it's terrifying. No. Oh, just there are give few me things, few things that make me want to fucking shoot myself more <laughs> than being forced to listen to. If I if I get in the car and turn on the car and my wife has left the radio on, <laughs> I'm like immediately freaking out. Quick, turn it off. No, I, I must be in complete control of the songs or else they drive me nuts. But if you do have access to the work um, to the work sound system and it's the kind of one that lets you cue shit up, just put on uh, Neil Ciceriga's, uh Mouth Moods and just mm. somehow put that on repeat <laughs> and also lock the device so that it can't <laughs> be touched. Oh, my goodness. Let's, uh, let's take one last one here. Here we go. G'day, Bunter. It's uh, Four Feathers from the Discord. Um, currently in Southern California, everything's going tits up. Um, went to the supermarket for the 50th anniversary, still no toilet paper, um, still no hand sanny. Um, the baggers aren't taking my bags anymore, aren't taking my sec- recycled bags, so they can't touch anything that I bring in. Um, I have to put my credit card in the counter, and then they have to take it off the counter and then hand it back to me by putting it on the counter. Um, so I'm not allowed to like get intimate with anyone, which is a shame because um, the checkout guy is really cute. Uh, yeah, it's basically hell. Um, my husband just heard me say that, and he doesn't seem too impressed. So I gotta go. <laughs> but he's laughing. He's like, "Okay, bye." Uh, cheers, cheers, bye. Oh, thank you for taking the time uh, to just out yourself as horny. Yeah, delightfully <laughs> horny listener. Horny on bonus, which has become main. That's it. That's it. Also, never say the words hand sanny again to me. <laughs> oh, I actually, I like that. I like that a lot. I like hand sanny too. I liked, uh, I liked having, uh, I like the reassuring nature of having an Australian call in from America. <laughs> it's nice. I think an American accent might have been too abrasive. Uh, that was good and reassuring to my ears. Yes, yes. Um, especially it was. It it just relaxed me. Uh, I would have been anxious, but it relaxed me to hear that instead of things being disastrous, that, in, that they had in fact gone tits up. Hey, should uh, <sighs> should we should we cap it off with a little um, with a little coda, a little feel good coda? I do love a coda. Yeah. Yeah. You guys want a little coda? Um. So, throw your <laughs> mind back you've been, to you've been dying, huh? <laughs> <laughs> You've done. No, I'm not. Go on. Uh, no, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to do it. Um, uh, there is one on the list here. Uh, a Guardian article called "The Man Whose Wife Sleeps with the Gardener." Uh, I'm not going to do that unless you think I should. Which no, is not the say, name of a John Le Carre novel, by the way. Uh, oh my! <laughs> so I initially actually had "By John Le Carre" written on the notes, and Andrew's like, "Dude, what the fuck is this story?" And then he took it out. And you guys took, really oh, are yeah. the same. We really you are. really yeah. are. Everyone's right, different fine. except for Theo. Right, I'm going <laughs> to blast, blast through two things now. Okay, so so one, Coda on the story from, from Joshua earlier with the landlord. Joshua emailed back to the landlord uh, and said, oh, to this end, Henry and I think it is only fair that we understand our landlord's income and living expenses to reassess what is fair for everyone. Our landlord is welcome to refuse but it will make it difficult to establish if they are in genuine distress. 
As per the article you provided, we would like to know whether the landlord is taking advantage of the mortgage payment reprieve. Does the landlord have accrued leave, savings, etc., with which they could cover mortgage repayments? Uh, and the uh, real estate company emailed back saying, "We've been trying to call you. Uh, we'll be in. We'll be in touch." <laughs> Oh, it, it rules so much. Can I just so ask, uh, if you're listening to this right now and you're not, say, driving a car or in public or whatever, can you just stand up and salute? That is all that I ask of you. Just salute towards friend of the show, Joshua Badge. Uh, well earned. Absolutely. And so we will leave it there the rest of this week um thank you for supporting the show thank you for listening to this on the free feed if you uh do not support show as a patron uh but you can always do that if you want and uh yeah just just try and do your best to look after each other everybody uh if you are able to support other people in an online community like twitter or discord try and stay away from facebook if you can come on come on nobody's doing anything sensible on facebook um, but if you can support anybody through any kind of online communities, obviously a lot of people are really jumping on all of the uh, video chat apps, um, Hangouts and Skype and Facebook Messenger. For some reason, uh, malware app Zoom. Stop using that. Just use one of the other things. You've already given all of your personal information to Google. Just keep using that one. But, uh, but yeah, obviously a lot of people have been using those to sort of check in with some people, uh, have some drinks after work, you know, on a Saturday night, whatever. Just get as much human contact as you can, especially if you are the type of person who needs that for your brain to continue to survive. Um, I am not, but I'm going through the motions. Oh, God bless you. I'm going through the motions as though I am a normal person who needs to interact with others, you know? When I was talking to Eleanor about like, hey, maybe I'll just get to work at home all the time now. And she was like, wouldn't you miss the socialization though? And I was like, no, no, no. I wouldn't. No. W- wouldn't, wouldn't, you miss, wouldn't you miss your fucking friends from school? That's all offices are. They take you in there and you got to be friends with the people there because you fucking live within the same area code or whatever. You're in the same, right. same fucking postcode. So you all got to be. And you go home at three p.m. for the next two years. You leave at three p.m. Uh, that's all workplaces are. If I want to be friends with someone from work, I'm friends with them outside of work. Other than that, I'll just stay home. Thanks. So look after each other. Be good. Uh, maybe send each other some links of a funny video or a nice song that you like. You know. Yeah, it's a nice one. Put playlists together for people. Not like, don't just generally sort of be like, hey, here's a song I like. Pick specific people and be like, based on our mutual interests and what I know that you already like, here's some stuff I think you will enjoy. I've been thinking about you. Love you lots. Be well. Send them. And it's easy, it's easy to do now. You don't have to dub the tape anymore. You don't yeah. even... Ben, I've got a playlist for you. Uh, it's by uh, Dog Dick Bong Lord. It's <laughs> 700 hours long. <laughs> You'll love it. Oh, you have been thinking of Ben. Okay. (laughs) Fantastic. All right. Thanks, everybody. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Look after yourselves. Bye. Bye.